This is Financially Tuned with Michael Mansfield from The Lind Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With over 12 years of experience in the financial industry, Michael provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Now listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals your money, and your plans in perfect harmony. And now, here is Michael Mansfield to help you find out how to be financially tuned. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. This is Mike Mansfield with The Lind Group. And as always, Tony Shore with Tony Shore. So thanks for being here too, Tony Shore. <laughs> but hey, we got a good topic today. We're going to be talking about all kinds of exciting things. Um, we're going to talk about how much money you should have saved. That ought to be depressing. We're going to talk oh, about, no. <laughs> um, you know, some market indicators. Ah, the market's all scary lately. What's going to happen? Um, that kind of stuff. Well, so I mean, we are Tony. Yeah. We're going to talk about how much money do you need? I think that's a, that is a great question. And a lot of people have that question. Like, Hey, as I get closer to retirement, I mean, even in your forties and into your fifties and sixties, it's like, wow. You get closer and closer. How much am I going to need to have saved right. up? How much savings do I need? Uh, so, more. Yeah. <laughs> That's the answer. <laughs> the answer is always more, but, you know, you need a realistic, there's no one magic number, and we're going to talk about that, but the markets as well. I know you just got back, Michael, from a, a big uh, conference where uh, some of the nation's top ed financial advisors got together. And uh, you guys were, for a change of pace, were schooled by some of the industry's top uh, financial uh, like uh, market guys, right? I mean, what do, what do oh, we yeah. call these guys? Portfolio fund managers, all these guys we see on CNBC and Fox Business News. and Well, that's what, and that's what was fun about it, Tony. That's why I was telling you about it. And actually, it was a very small group. There was only 50 visors were allowed to come from the country. And oddly enough, they even asked me to speak at it, which was a little more well, upsetting. You're a big, you're kind you, of a big deal. Well, I, I don't know. I, I felt <laughs> inadequate for the audience, but you know. You did a you great can, job. Normally, say what you want, but <laughs> these people know if you're telling the truth or not. Yeah. The, um, it, no, it was a good experience. It was a lot of fun. And, and there was a, couple things like you were saying there's some gentleman sam stovall from cnbc was there oh yeah and i ended up sitting down you know it was so funny i had brought books for everybody the um i brought how your financial planner had failed you and i noticed when he was when sam snowball from cnbc was sneaking out the back he was taking my book with him and so i went and and i went over to him and said hey sam you know if if you let me take a picture with you i'll sign i'll sign the book for you so <laughs> ah that's awesome. I got a I got a picture of Sam Stovall, but we ended up spending a little bit of time talking about things and and it was good. You know, he's he's a very well-tempered guy. He's very believes in the fundamentals. He believes in the history of the stock market. Not exactly that history repeats itself, but history definitely looks like itself as we go through life. So, a lot of takeaways there. A lot a lot of value. Um you know, one person I always follow on the markets, Tony, that I always get a kick out of is um, a gentleman named Brian Belsky. He's uh, he's the chief strategist up at BMO Bank. Yeah. And that guy, I, I followed him for probably five years, and he's a very intelligent human being. Yes, he's amazing, isn't he? It, oh, totally. So I really get a kick out of talking to him, listening to him, getting his kind of insights, feedback, all that fun jazz. But hey, everybody. 
more importantly, let's ask Tony, how you been, man? <laughs> I'm doing great. Yeah. I'm doing great. I just want to hear about all the advice you got from these guys and how, how you know, impart advice. some of right. that wisdom on us. That's what I, I've been great. How have you been? Did you have a good trip? Oh, absolutely. It's just always traveling is so much. And this was like the first time where like it really waned on my family. Like, you know, that everybody was upset I was leaving. Normally the little kids, they don't care. They don't even know you're gone. Um, <laughs> but they're finally getting to an age where everyone was kind of upset and sad. And then I left at, you know, four in the morning to go to LAX last week. And then my wife calls later and says, oh, my gosh, the nine year old she was up looking for you in the dark and was all Aww. upset, you know, and then you feel terrible. So. Aww. I can never leave the house again is what <laughs> yeah, I got, yeah. got from it. What you learned is that you're never allowed to leave again. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. As so a parent of, all, as a parent of three myself. <laughs> yeah. And as a parent myself, it's just <laughs> when they reach a certain age, it's just like, where are you going, dad? Why aren't you going to be, why aren't you coming home after, right after work tonight? Well, daddy has a meeting or daddy's going out with a friend. Well, why wouldn't you right. come home and be with us? Well, I do, yeah. but also work. <laughs> and life. So, yeah, it's hard, though. It, it really is. And you hate spending time away from your kids, that's for sure. Yeah, I do. But then again, you know, it's important that I'm... One of the things that I always have taken away from my business, Tony, is that you have to keep learning. This this industry is about constant education, yeah, it is. constant evolution. Because the moment that you stop learning, you start to fail your clients. Because things are constantly changing. Laws are changing, taxes, estate planning, investment strategies. Um, you have to keep learning. I mean, that's why I, I prided myself on trying to get so much more education than my competition. That's why I went out and became a certified financial planner. That's why I went out and got an MBA in individual financial planning. I wanted to have the education to support the skill set. And then you also need to reinforce that with obviously daily learning and then work experience Sure. and going to these little private conferences and, and being blessed enough to even be invited to them. Cause it's a kind of an invitation type deal um, is a great opportunity to learn. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would assume so. And uh, so I know that you learned a lot about what's going on with the markets and things like that at this latest conference. Yeah. Uh, and we've seen some volatility as of late. And, you know, there's a lot of doom and gloom predictions because we've been riding this high. But uh, the market highs, the record highs, the bull market, mm -hmm. the longest bull market in history. So uh, I, I know that we need to be wary as investors, but yet uh, we can't let our emotions dictate, right? Oh, and you're so spot on. And it's the emotions dictate most people's situations. And that's, you know, and it's funny because lately emotions have been a little higher than normal. And it's almost an ironic thing that you say, okay, emotions are high. That means that the stock market will probably do well. Cause the moment that people start to emotionally wane extra <laughs> seems to be, you know, the gut check of all things, but yep. Hey, look, th there's a lot of moving parts with the stock market. Everybody's situation is unique, Tony. I think that's really number one, the rhetoric of the day is if you have the time horizon, you should be invested in the stock market because the stock market has so much going for it right now. I mean, we have exponential earnings growth from companies for a lot of different re reasons, deregulation, tax cuts. There's a lot of stuff that's driving the prosperity of individual companies. You have the economic data of the United States just going gangbusters, man. It's awesome, right? GDP is high. Unemployment's at all-time lows. 
uh, wage growth is picking up. All of those things are strong general indicators of the U.S. economy kind of thumping forward and moving forward. Um, gosh, we're already coming up on like a break, though. Pretty quick, a couple of minutes. I, know, I looked. I looked at my time. I was like, gosh, should I start a theme or should I, should I just dance around and take a break first? But <laughs> hey, look, we'll start. We'll start a theme. How's that? Sure. One of the things that's been happening lately is interest rates have been going up. Yeah. You kind of see that measured on the 10-year treasury. The 10-year treasury went to like 3.3% the other day. It's all of a sudden that stuff's getting hot and heavy. Woohoo. Well, you know, you know what holds hands with interest rates is inflation. Yep. See those two things generally move kind of in line together. And so what's happening is really inflation is going up and as inflation goes up and GDP goes up and all these economic indicators are positive and exciting, what does it make the Federal Reserve want to do? It makes it more, makes someone want to ruin yep. the party, Tony. Yeah. It makes them want to take the wind out of the cells. It makes them want to pop the balloon. You go read your Econ 101 book, Monetary Policy with the Federal Reserve is all about really one big theme. And that is slowing the economy and speeding up the economy. Yeah, raising interest rates and lowering interest rates, right? Yeah, and the whole premise of that is pretty simple. The idea is if they raise interest rates, it's called the velocity of money. By raising rates, it means that people will borrow money at a slower rate and therefore slow down this economic expansion. So the more that they raise rates, the slower the economy moves. And so the Federal Reserve, they meet like eight times a year and they have this big long-winded meeting and they talk about all the economic data and factors and all the stuff going on. And when they end the meeting, they decide something. What should we do? Should we raise rates, lower rates, keep rates the same? And all of it is really predicated on the Federal Reserve trying to control the economy. Now, think of it like driving a car, Tony. What do you do with your foot? You hit the gas or hit the brakes. Right. So all you're doing is you're constantly trying to regulate the speed of your car right. back and forth. And that's what's <laughs> happening right now. I like the sound is, effects, too. Did you like that? Yeah, I love that. that. That came from me. Highlight yeah. of the show so far. <laughs> <laughs> at least we got at least we got something going here. This is, I love it, but but that's what they're doing, man. They're looking at the the rates or the economy and saying, "Oh my gosh, we've got the accelerator too much. Stop, slow down, hit the brakes." And the way that they do that is by raising the rates, and that's starting to hit the brakes a little bit. Yep. Well, now it's time for that break, buddy. Yeah, it is. So we're hitting the brakes <laughs> on the show for a minute, uh, but yeah, the Fed has been raising the interest rates, which is. Uh, they're trying to slow her down a little bit because the economy's been starting to boom. So it's right. interesting how and why they do that. I find it fascinating, but it's good to understand because it really affects all of us. Now, let's take a quick break. But before we do, Michael, why don't you let our listeners know how they can get a hold of you? Yeah. Hey, if you if you don't have a financial plan, if you don't know what you're doing, if you'd like to retire, if you need a second opinion, heck, if you want a copy of my latest book, How Your Financial Planner Failed You, Give my office a call, 805-500-7035. That's 805-500-7035. Visit my main website, thelindgroup.com. Look, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back after this. Do you feel like you need help navigating your retirement? Retirement can be scary, but it doesn't have to be. With our Retirement Income Toolkit, you can get the information you need to help secure your retirement. This toolkit provides valuable information on income planning, asset allocation, tax planning, legacy planning, and more. 
receive your retirement toolkit from The Lynn Group by visiting thelyngroup.com or calling us at 805-500-7035. And welcome back to Financially Tuned with our host, Michael Mansfield, and myself, your co-host, Tony Shore. Now, Michael, in the first segment, you talked about the market. Uh, where do we go from here? Do you want to jump to the how much money do we need? Uh, Ooh, or no, wanna... I got, I got, we're going to talk about interest rates for a while, man. This okay. is hot stuff. <laughs> this gets, All right. This is what fires people up on a Saturday. So why is interest it important rates. that we uh, learn about interest rates? What, how does that affect our finances? Well, there's a lot of moving parts with it. And so what happens is, is number one, I mean, in, in general, people use in, the interest rates as a leading indicator of when a recessionary period is going to hit the stock market. When are the bears going to come out and play a kind of exercise? And there's a number of things that they talk about. They talk about a flattening yield curve. They talk about interest rates getting too high, the Fed raising them too fast, and it deflating the stock market. In fact, this morning I was reading investment news, and that was one of the articles is, oh, oh man, oh, looks like with this next interest rate raise, you know, could be the bears come out to play or something like that. And, and it's funny because, once again, what about history? People lose sight on history, and they start yeah. to bake emotion on things. For example, the yield curve flattening, which is a very common leading indicator of a recessionary period. Well, just because the yield curve flattens, it has to flatten for an extended period of time, number one. And then as soon as that happens, that's an indicator that somewhere between nine and 15 months later, there might be a recession. So it's not even this immediate thing, but the headlines are scaring the heck out of people. I had someone come in last week talking about a flattening yield curve, Mike. This is scary. But it's really not because it just means that, oh, things are changing a little bit and down the road we have a potential issue. The other thing that is totally fascinating that I think when people lose sight of history is when the feds are raising rates, Tony, they call that tightening. The feds tightening. Yep. And so nine out of the last 10 recessions have happened while the Federal Reserve has been in a tightening policy. So that could be scary, right? Oh my gosh, the feds are tightening right now and feds doing such a thing. Well, what's interesting about that is since World War II, when the Federal Reserve is in a tightening period, the on average, when the recession started is the federal funds rate was 1.3% higher than whatever inflation was at. And so it's funny because interest rates are going up, the feds tightening, everybody's screaming, bear market. It's all over. This is so terrible. But you know, what's funny about where the fed funds rate is right now compared to inflation, Tony, any ideas? It's below it. It's still like a quarter point below it. Like we have a long stinking way to go people before the federal reserve is going to be the one that blows up the bull market. Well, yeah, because interest rates, I mean, we basically started at zero and they've just been creeping up at 0.25. Now we got rock and roll inflation uh, going on. Not even every time they meet below it. So even, even in a historical statistical blah, blah, blah kind of thing, we are still very far away from the fed raising interest rates to the degree of blowing up a bull market. So stop talking about that. Stop saying that. Oh, it's all over. The feds are raising rates. This is terrible. It's not there yet. We got a long way to go. So be patient. Yeah, absolutely. It could but those be are eventually. The things that we but, uh, yeah, in fact, not, since World War II, close. the 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 tightest time. Number one, a bull market, or excuse me, a bull market never ended as a recession 
when number one, the Fed funds rate was below interest, excuse me, inflation. And two is the shortest distance between the Fed funds rate and inflation when the Fed funds rate was higher was 0.8%. And on average, it's 1.3%. So we got a long way to go, people, before the Feds are the ones that create the, the bearer problem. So anyways, I got kind of ranty there. I apologize. I was, I was, I was excited though. I, <laughs> well, that's a great point you're making. And I think a lot of people hear some doom and gloom and it's good for you to point out, you know, the reality, know of, the reality of the situation. Okay. Here's another one. You like this one. What's that? So since the beginning of time, I don't know what that means, but since the beginning of something, the, since the beginning they've of tracked time. obviously quarter by quarter, the 16-month presidential cycle, which is, you know, a four-year term. And they've looked at the history of all, you know, presidential cycles. What do you think, if you had to guess, is the best quarter for the stock market in any presidential cycle, Tony? Yeah, it's, I don't know. Um, <laughs> no, I just meant like it under in, Reagan? In, in a time period. So in every four-year period when a president starts, even though they go for oh. eight, Oh, and every four-year period. For a first-term yeah. first president, what is the best quarter that, that happens? Did you know that that is the fourth quarter of the second year of somebody's first term? Yeah. Funny fact. Oh, I didn't know that. The second best quarter, historically, has been the first quarter of the third year. Well, you know what's funny about that, Tony? Hmm. As of October 1st, that's exactly what we're in. We just started the fourth quarter of the second term of the president, which will roll into the next year. Ah. So this six-month period historically has been the best time period for any first-term president. So, you know, once again, you got kind of the statistics, the math, the odds on your side. Now, granted, everybody's going to say, well, this was a unique president. Things are different. Well, you know, once again, things are never different because history is always the same. It just it just manifests in in weird ways all the time. So be patient. We're 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 in a we're in a we're in a good time period be statistically. Patient. The Fed funds rate is still low. Uh, you know, presidential cycle we're doing good. Laissez faire, my friend. You mentioned you're going to talk about how much money we need. I mean, how much money do you need? Uh, there was a recent uh, article that caught your attention and mine. Um, it was funny. We both uh, read it separately. But what is your take on, on this? I, I, people say, oh, you're, yeah. you need at least a million dollars to retire or at 65 or you need this amount. But everybody's different, I would assume anyway. Oh, you know, it's more accurate. Do you remember those commercials? I think it was like ING or something, these financial commercials where people are walking around with a giant number under their arm yep. and saying, what's your number? And yep. everybody had a different number because that's kind of the reality of it. Hey, let me go let me go sideways real quick here. I forgot to to put a plug in and, and pitch our social security seminar that's coming up at the end of this oh, month. Oh yeah, yeah. I totally forgot. Ah, oh, it's a good thing I wrote it on a post-it. Hey, if you need help with social security, you want to understand social security, you want all the facts and information on social security, and you want to come to a I'm gonna say a, a no a no bait and switch seminar. We're not going to trick you into buying something or doing anything. This is literally talking about social security education. October 30th. We're doing oh, a social we? security workshop. We're doing it at the Ventura Adult Education Center. It starts at 6 p.m., but you got to call and register. Call my office, 805-500-7035. And the receptionist front desk, just tell me you want to sign up for the seminar at the end of the month. 
And um, if that date doesn't work, ask them when the other dates are, because we've got some more dates coming up in November and stuff. But sure. October 30th, Social Security Seminar. So let's make that happen. And it's a night before Halloween. Well, it's you know, not I on figure, Halloween, but right before. I figure so. you think Halloween's scary. Wait till you figure out your Social Security. <laughs> no, that's going to be a good thing <laughs> because you're going to tell them how, to, how they can get more, uh, f- a bigger benefit. Uh, they uh, you can got maximize it. it right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So that's, but anyways, that's good you were, news. You were, you were right. Let's The article. So there was an article that's funny that came out. Tony and I both read it. And it was like, how much money should you have saved by 30? And I thought, oh, this ought to be good because everybody's going to be sad when they look at it. Okay, a couple <laughs> things I took away from the article. And this is all from memory. I don't have it in front of me, of course. Um, on, a, on a recent survey, average median household savings in the United States, considering retirement savings, all age groups. How much did you? How much do you think, Tony? Oh, I don't know. I, I mean, is that a trick question? I, don't know. I, I would hope. Like, I, don't I would know. hope more than a hundred thousand. It's like eleven grand. Eleven grand. Okay. 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 Ne- next. Next one. Survey recently surveyed millennials. Now I'm embarrassed to say I'm a millennial, so I I hate to say that out loud, but I'm on the tail end of it, so technically, but I, I try not to You're associate with them. You're a millennial. Um, what do you think the average amount of savings is for a millennial? I don't know. I have no 2400 bucks. Wow. Ouch. Now I, I say ouch because remember I'm turning 38, man. I uh, you know, I'm on the I'm on the late stage of millennialville here and this article was talking about how much you should have saved at 30. And so if the average millennial, which the core of them these days are in their 30s, um, you know, if the average only has 2400 bucks saved, everybody's kind of behind the curve. Yeah, so for sure. What you got to do is you got to come out of mom and dad's basement. You got to go out and get a job. <laughs> uh oh. Yeah. See, told you. Don't <laughs> don't don't pair me up with millennials. The um. So, anyways, what Fidelity did? Fidelity did a big researchy thingy majigger, and they came up with this thing that said for retirement savings, not even just general savings for an emergency fund, just retirement savings. At 30, you should have at least your salary saved. So if you make 50 grand, you should have 50 grand saved in a 401k and wow. IRA, an investment account, something earmarked for retirement. If you make 100 grand, you should have 100 grand saved. If you make 1000 grand, you should have that much saved too, whatever that means. So you got to have some money saved. And, and I agree with them. You got to save money. I mean, what, what, is, what is going on in society? We're losing pensions. Uh, seems like taxes are going down at the moment, but let's be fair, my friends. Taxes are going up over time. Oh, yeah, they will. Inflation is picking up. All these things that work against us are working against us. And you've got to save money. Even this Fidelity article, this Fidelity survey said the average you know, person should be saving 15, 15% of their salary. And I thought, that's scary because people aren't even saving 10%. So you know, how do you, how do you amp up the savings? And a lot of it is about, you know, it's tough. You got to move to Arkansas perhaps. <laughs> Probably. I mean, you have to well, go where to costs are cheap, right? Yeah. So that's tough, but it was an interesting article because the article really does reinforce how behind the curve so many people are yeah. yet where you need to be. Tony, you were totally spot on early, buddy. Everybody has a different number. When you do proper retirement income planning, you're balancing out all the pieces of the puzzle. You're saying, okay, so-and-so needs this much income to be comfortable. So let's, now that they're retiring, what do we got? We've got social security. This person's got a pension. 
they've got a rental property. So we're going to add up all these income sources, figure out the taxes, and we're going to discount that from obviously what they need is total income. Whatever's left, then, you know, we're able to see how much do they need saved in actual physical cash investment savings. And there's a lot of very generic rules. I mean, if anyone reads their financial planning 101 books, they kind of say, hey, uh, I don't know, maybe if you drew down 4% of your savings, you would, you know, be able to survive through retirement. That, that number has been eroded quite a bit in the last few years just because interest rates have dropped so much. But now that they're up back on the uptick, I imagine they'll go back up. So, for example, let's say you wanted $50,000 of income in retirement in addition to Social Security and other things. So you go divide by 0 0.04. So you would need $1.25 million to generate that $50,000. Wow. Wow. Okay. Well, Tony, how much did you want? You wanted 300,000 in retirement. Was that the number? At least. I feel like that's yeah. what you told me. You need seven and a half million dollars saved, Tony, so that you can retire comfortably. <laughs> well, I'm not going to quite make that. I don't think, but oh, you, th you think you're going to blow right through it instead of landing right there. <laughs> landing yeah. right there yeah yeah i landed right on it yeah that airstrip is uh is uh, on the other side of the continent and i'm running out of fuel yeah well you gotta remember so there's two things that i do so for the people that are close to retiring what we do is we sit down and we create a retirement income plan and we look at your current assets and we look at your current situation and we try to get the most out of that money the best that we can how do we maximize social security and all that kind of stuff if you're younger, if you're a millennial and you need to save, what we do is we start to forward project the numbers of how much you would need to have a comfortable retirement. And then we're able to bet, excuse me, ugh, we're able to back test that stuff to your age to see how much you should be saving now. And it's kind of cool because the power of a calculator, if anyone has one, is that you can figure out how much you should be saving now. But depending on your income and your goals and your situation, you probably can't save the full amount now. So we're able to figure out the math behind, okay, let's say every year we increase our savings, increase our savings to see what it's going to take to ultimately get to that place so that we can retire comfortably. So everybody's got a unique number, Tony, and everybody's got a unique situation, but that's what we do here at the yeah. Learning Group. Our, our goal is to help you eliminate the emotion and put the numbers to the situation and make sure that what you're doing does make sense and does jive. Yeah, and that's the bottom line right there. We're out of time. What's that phone number and web address one more time? Yeah, Tony. So give us a call, 805-500-7035. That's 805-500-7035. Uh, complimentary consultation. I will help you develop a retirement income plan, a savings plan, a budget. Whatever the things are that you need is what we can help you with in, in your financial world. Visit my main website, thelindgroup.com. And otherwise, I hope everybody has a wonderful Saturday and we're going to be back the same time, same place next week. So thanks for listening in. Thank you for listening to Financially Tuned. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Michael Mansfield at The Lind Group. Call 805-500-7035 or visit their website at financiallytunedradio.com. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Michael Mansfield and The Lind Group are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency. 